Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Today, we're going to talk about fire control systems. Fire suppression, fire prevention, and anything to do with controlling fire in a residential or retail or any kind of business um, establishment is actually a very crucial thing to know. Um, and I think it's very important for anyone to be aware of all the technology that goes behind it, what kind of protection you usually have, and how, you know, get ideas on how to, how to make it even better than what already is. Because there is a hazard that is fully preventable. And, you know, over, over decades, the accidents have reduced quite significantly because of good technology implementation. So it is a very uh, sort of uh, interesting top topic from a technical perspective. And uh, we want to explore this topic with, with you guys today. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Uh, let's, uh, let's start. What's your thought on uh, fire control, Amit? So uh, thanks, Renat, uh, for recommending uh, this topic today. Uh, I think fire uh, control systems are quite important, and we don't realize how, I mean, how uh, pervasive is the technology because it's all around us, and yet we take it for granted. So I am a landlord. I have a property here in the UK. And as part of the landlord regulations, I need to provide certain safety devices or detection devices as part of the contract. And some of the devices are like a smoke detector, carbon monoxide detector, and many other things. And I need to make sure that all the gas appliances, which are many, and we can we can talk about it later, needs to be certified every year so that they are safe for use. So yeah, so I think um, especially in this country, I especially in UK, I think I, f I find it very uh, interesting that they have a very uh, good and strict regulations around controlling fire because we use a lot of devices. Uh, so yeah, it's I think it's a very interesting topic to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of those topics that you you know hear about it and you don't realize that the how how is it related to technology? Um, you know, how much technology is actually going behind it? So, yeah, I mean, from a technical, if you, if you know something on how it works level or, you know, all the, all the, all the ways different endpoints, like, for example, smoke detectors, sprinklers, how they're all connected together to, you know, to, to create a harmonic, you know, uh, holistic solution that gives you strength and also makes you think about how important it is and potentially innovate, you know innovate new ideas that you know might might take us even protect us even further in future so um yeah i mean if, if you know there are various categories the way we could think about how we detect fire and then how we suppress fire as well as uh prevention so uh, prevention, de de detection, suppression. These are not official categories, I think, because I, I did um, work for various engineering companies in, in, in the in early stages of my career. So I did have quite a bit of exposure at that time on the technology and what goes behind protecting us from fire. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not giving official <laughs> uh, sort of um, uh, categorization, but there are, and uh, I would encourage anyone. You know, even if you didn't think about it, you might think that oh, you're in IT and it doesn't apply to you. But I would still encourage to have 
some some sort of basic understanding on this topic and hopefully we our talk today will sort of get you there uh get you more interested in 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 learning about fire so um yeah i mean fire is is a hazardous event uh if you have it at home or in your office workplace business retailing it whatever and it would damage lives and assets and there is just no going around it if you have it as an accident it just it there will be some sort of damage and uh, so and the thing is most of the times it is actually man made the 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 hazard uh very rarely do you see that the weather has gotten so hot that you know trees around you in the city uh sort of um automatically sort of combusted into into fire uh that happens very very rarely in very rare areas of the world i think australia is is kind of yeah noted. wildfires in australia wildfires in us and this time we yeah. had some wildfires in the uk for the first time Yeah but that's the the key thing is those are wildfires though because they they happened in the, in the wild although they're still no, you know it's it's, it's uh, due to the uh, rising temperature because everything has yeah. dried up it was very but does it happen does, does it happen in the city area like residential or so city area are? because there is nothing much to burn like uh, you don't have any uh, trees or that many shrubs or dry grass yeah. it's very difficult to get fire until unless there is an explosion or gas leak etc absolutely absolutely so yeah i mean if it happens in the wild obviously we have our firefighters who would uh, you know do their best to control it or suppress it whatever but um what we uh, want to highlight or focus today is the ones that are man made because in in city area or in residential wherever people are they usually you, you have less of a natural fire by natural causes but most of the time it is usually uh man made reasons and if it is man made reasons then we could also uh categorize it do a risk assessment beforehand and also take necessary precautions to 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 prevent it from happening so that's how um you know that's 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 kind of the thought process that goes on when when you know engineers are designing uh, a fireproof or fire safe establishment so i mean i mean you might have you know more more uh, sort of uh, methodical knowledge on this but yeah i mean you first want to prevent you know you have to have fire prevention detection if it happens then you want to detect it quickly and then suppression that even if it does happen it is detected but it doesn't spread very well so it is contained so these are some of the three main key areas where you want to sort of um, you know think about controlling fire i think uh, renat you have covered it very nicely that yes mm-hmm. uh, there are uh, prevention detection and suppression i think it's like with any other thing any any bad thing in life like if if you want to be fit so you want to prevent falling sick in the first place then if you are falling sick then you want to detect it so you do blood test and you do other things you do go for diagnosis and then in order to suppress you take medicines or you take you do exercise etc so it's it's the same principles i think you have followed and you put it very nicely so uh, when it comes to prevention i think first we need to understand what are what are the different devices that can cause or different things that can cause fire in a house so i live in a house uh this is uh, made of bricks uh, the external structure is made of bricks and the internal structure is made of wood uh and it's a detached house so what that means is that in case there is a fire because there is a lot of wood and wood is a combustible material it's very easy for the wood to burn so it can create a lot of damage very quickly 
The other thing is in UK you get a supply. I'm not sure about other countries, but it it might be true. But in UK you get a direct supply of gas to your houses. When you get a direct supply of gas to your houses, there is a pipe that is coming into your house to supply the gas. Normally, the devices that consume the gas is your heating system, where you have a boiler, a gas boiler normally, and that consumes. Then you might have a gas stove on which you cook. And or you might have a fireplace. So old Victorian houses have a fireplace. The new build houses in UK don't have a fireplace, and the new build houses also have a electric stove instead of a gas stove. So they they prevent the uh, they, that's how they prevent the how how you prevent a fire. Plus the materials that are used in the new build houses are much more fire resistant. And most of the furnitures that you buy they'll have a tag where whether it's fire resistance or not. And yeah. Especially mattresses and sofas, mattresses, and sofas, etc. See and, that tag a lot of you. Exactly. Are. And uh, the other thing is that uh, between two flats or between two houses, which are in new build, if you are sharing a wall, then you normally uh, you have some material that prevents the fire from spreading from one house to another house. So there are like fire prevention, like a like a insulating material or something that prevents the fire to spread to the other house or to the next house. And uh, recently we had this problem in UK where because of some cladding which is combustible that was used in some of the flats. Uh, like one flat caught fire and then it burned down the whole like couple of floors in UK, which is called the Grenfell Tower, and it was a huge uh, fire disaster, and uh, it just like uh, something uh, got burnt in the house because of some reason, and then because of the cladding which is there in between the walls of the two houses, which is combustible, then the other flat started catching fire. Now this could have been prevented. but there was no regulation and uh, the building authorities had all all the rights to do whatever they want because they want to sell and make a profit so they never paid attention to these safety regulations and because of that uk then um, uh, made sure that there is a review on every single flat that shared a wall to see whether they have cladding or not and if they have cladding then every single flat needed to get their cladding removed between the walls and that was a huge exercise which caused a lot of financial distress to a lot of people because you could not stay there you could not get a mortgage for the house you could not sell the house if you had cladding in it and so many people i i know some of them who had lost a lot of money and uh, time and they went through a lot of stress and this is something that could be prevented so i think the first topic that you mentioned prevention i think this is something that government and public they can do uh, and uh, take part to make sure that yes we prevent it the other 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 part that uh, the uk government does in order for us to prevent as i said in the beginning that i am a landlord is the regulation and the safety certificates so you have the gas safety certificate and the electrical safety certificate now remember a fire cannot happen just because there is gas it could happen from an electric short circuit as well so if your electrical devices for some reason they short circuit they produce a spark and sometimes that spark can catch fire in a paper in a wood in plastic etc and that has actually burned down houses and i know a friend of mine who bought a house which was actually burned down and then completely rebuilt and it was actually burned down by fire it's crazy <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so many sad stories. I mean, on both sides. I mean, yeah, the cladding piece. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also, you know, heard of uh, people or know people who had lost a lot of money. And someone had to. Uh, I, I think I've heard on the news that someone actually had to go bankrupt because they couldn't do anything. It yes. was the law that they had to do it, and if they couldn't, then the house was. They couldn't pay the mortgage anymore because it costed so much. So they just had to give it up. And uh, yeah, it was quite a lot of distress, but I can understand the, you know, the overall reason for government mandating this and, you know, is for, you know, human life, safety, etc. And then, you know, the, the other side of the coin where, you know, if something like this does happen, it's just devastating uh, situation for, for, for the person or the family, whatever. And uh, yeah, we should do everything we can to prevent it. And um, yeah, the, the things you you mentioned, they are quite you know uh, things to sort of be aware of. But they, uh, we put those things at the time of building as as prevention. But the reason why they're there is so the fire is suppressed. Um, so they do both. Uh, you know, the, the planning of implementing is prevention, but the work they do in the event of a fire is suppression. But in terms of um, other kind of prevention as well is not to, like, you know, some of the common sense stuff, like not to sort of have open fire in, in a risky place, et cetera, et cetera, and also have detectors like, you know, um, gas detectors and combustible gas detectors. I think you were talking about earlier about different types of things that there are, so yeah, there are various technology. A lot of technology goes behind it. So, um, in terms of uh, these things that you were saying, uh, you know, before there was um, insulation um, that would, you know, resist fire, but it would last for say thirty minutes. They would give you a time like this wall would last or suppress fire for 30 minutes and after which it would get burned off and now obviously the new bills have more and more like it could last for two hours and the technology goes behind it are like you know there are two um sort of plates of wood or whatever material but inside it is sort of uh, fire retardant material that is also insulin that does two things like it keeps the heat inside in, in colder countries as well as also prevents fire so these are quite quite good technologies to suppress uh and you know one of the things that i i think about as technology advances right and i mean you know, for example, car, you know, we're building cars for 100 years. Now we've come to the, the you know, pinnacle or euphoria of car design. I mean, we can do it. What do you, how do you improve it more? You know, in terms of speed, I mean, we could, you know, get the whatever is physically, physics would allow, we could, it is possible. But then the way to improve it more is look at other ways. For example, make it more safe, make it more this and that. Same with mattresses and other household stuff. You know, you, you now have like, you know, memory foam and all other things. How do you improve it more? And that's when you think about how safe is it in terms of fire and what material to use so it remains comfortable as well as also is fire retardant. So uh, so that that that's an in interesting sort of direction of technology. I mean, we, we want to be technologically advanced and we have Whenever we think of any product innovating it further, we think about what's its main feature. Mattresses, yes. yeah. so how can we make the mattress more and more and more comfortable? 
but then that's not the only feature you want to add to it. And fire fire retardants should always be one item um, that you sort of uh, check or uh, sort of consider in number of features that you want your product to have. Whenever you're innovating a product, and hopefully there are many innovators in, within our audience, and whenever you're doing this, anything that humans use, uh, whether it could be a furniture, whether it could be, you know, any sort of product that is household or in business or office, uh, office spaces, you know, you want to make it, you want to give some consideration on how does it react in the event of a fire. Yes. That saves lives. No, I think I think uh, absolutely you've you've hit the nail. I think it's it's a very important feature and and it's actually a good marketing feature as well. I mean, you are imp- you are adding a feature, right? I mean, for being fire resistance is actually a feature. It's not just about the comfort, but it's also a feature in terms. It's like a non-functional requirement, as we say in uh, software yeah. industry. <laughs> yes. So yes. functionality is the okay. It should be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Non-functional, but I think the other other aspect uh, which I I've just thought about uh, that it's not not just fire friendly now it, it has to be eco friendly as well is it made from sustainable materials so i think that's the next level yeah. where people are thinking about that okay we have yeah. got all the regulations yeah. but can we make it eco friendly absolutely yeah these are some of the non functional requirements that we should always think about whenever we are innovating absolutely you're right and you know it, with that comes to the next part in terms of detection right i mean you know it, yes. we have various technology which detects fire and um so so here's a problem um now you know in your household you have different rooms and you very likely have fire detectors you know smoke alarms in in each of the rooms now that's all well and good you know if there is a fire if there is a smoke if the smoke the way smoke detectors work is that if there is a laser inside each of the alarm and if smoke goes uh, there is laser you know um uh, sort of generator or it sort of points laser to a reflector or a receiver and now the receiver is sensitive enough that if it is slightly obstructed i.e by smoke uh, then it gets triggered it realizes that it i'm not fully obstructed but there is still i'm not getting the full uh, what i was supposed to receive so there must be some sort of obstruction and on a ceiling what else could be an obstruction apart from what is in the air so sometimes you'll see even if it's very dusty it can also trigger the smoke alarm um but yeah so that's that's how smoke detectors work uh, you know if smoke kind of partially obstructs the laser it it kind of triggers it now what about kitchen in kitchen you're cooking and a lot of the times you know that it, it's not a, like an uncontrolled fire because of cooking you burn something in the oven you forgot about it but it's still within you know it, it's within control there's no accidents happening um so but you know because of that there will be fire alarm going off very often and you know you you family members and the neighbors would be annoyed and the worst part is because of annoyance you might actually be uh, inclined to turn off the smoke detector which is which is the worst absolutely worst thing you can do then there won't be any detection so how to avoid that so i think a, a, a cool innovation was that in kitchens in in modern houses or even like it doesn't even have to be too modern nowadays um you have heat detectors so these detectors doesn't detect smoke uh and you know because in you know when you're cooking it's very likely to have various kind of smoke um 
but it detects heat. So yes, you can argue that in kitchen it's kind of hot, it gets hot as well when you're cooking, but obviously you could you know, decide the temperature if it is unusually hot. And obviously many research and you know, data collection has been done to, to understand when it's as hot when it's an actual fire and when it's say like a cooking hot. Right, and you know, say for example, sixty degrees is 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 not an usual kind of kitchen hot. You know, no matter how much you cook, so uh, so heat detectors could start going off if it detects sixty degrees. Because if there is an actual fire uncontrolled, it's very likely that it would reach that temperature. So that's how that problem was solved. And there are many other problems still exist. Although there are many many uh, innovations that we'll talk. A bit more about, but yeah, I mean, think about these household problems that we might face every day. And then, if you have an innovative idea, uh, please do sort of shout out to the world uh, and and um, you know let everyone know. And hopefully, that would that would make a great positive change. Absolutely, I think yeah, I, I think I didn't know about smoke detectors. I have so many smoke detectors detectors in my house, and I didn't know how they worked. So thanks so much for that, Renat. And uh, yeah, I I didn't know about this heat sensor. I I know about smoke detectors, but I've never seen a heat sensor. So I think I've seen that in your in your house, and I think that is pretty cool technology. Like because yes, it does. Especially I'm I'm from India, and um, in Indian cooking, you do <laughs> you do tend to. I mean, there's always a little bit of oil sprinkle, and then a smoke that comes out from the cooking that we do, and a lot of like rich smell. But of course, that gets detected as smoke, and it triggers the alarm, and you have to always turn it off or remove the battery, and then one. But thankfully, we used to always put the batteries back once we finished our cooking, because yes, absolutely, you should never disconnect your smoke detectors. They are for your safety. In case something happens, they prevent. Um, uh, they uh, they make sure that you are alerted right on time before anything bad happens and you know i mean it's it's strange that we just talked about cooking but sometimes what has happened is uh, i mean I'm, I'm not cooking we we just left rice to boil and we are upstairs and the rice boils 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 the water evaporates and then the rice starts sticking to the surface of the utensil and then it starts burning and that creates a smoke and that causes a trigger and then we're like oh my god shit we forgot <laughs> to turn off the gas because the rice was boiling and it has happened so many times with me <laughs> yeah and you know that's that's actually a good detection as well even though it wasn't fire it, it, it kind of detect i mean if you left it if you you know if you forget about something you could forget about it for hours right and if you actually left it for two three hours that could actually start eventually a fire somehow um but so so those are actually not just annoyance but those are actually you know times you know it saved you from it, it saved, absolutely i mean yeah. imagine if the rice burned then the next thing is the vessel would melt or burn and then mm -hmm. the gas uh, that's coming out it would start uh, maybe it will get obstructed there is a obstruction and that could cause an explosion so yes so that's absolutely. that saves your life so absolutely never ever turn off the smoke detector because you don't know what will trigger a smoke Absolutely. So these are some of the so the, the detection uh, sort of technologies that that are there. Um, there are many others as well. Uh, this, the uh, carbon monoxide. I think uh, one, of the, yes. one of the silent killers uh, is the carbon monoxide. With uh, the smoke and all, you can smell it and you can see it. Uh, it burns your eyes. It makes it teary. 
and then it's a, it's a very disgusting uh, smell and you start coughing etc so you know that okay there is a smoke but with carbon monoxide because it's odorless uh, and colorless the problem is you can't actually see it and you can't actually smell it so it's actually even more harmful so in uk as per law any fire appliance so be it fireplace gas boiler or your uh, electrics uh, gas stove then or if you have a gas oven so normally they are close by if you have that those appliances then you need to have a carbon monoxide detector near it because carbon monoxide it, it will it will it hap it when it happens you will not be able to detect it I mean, it absolutely is a silent killer, and uh, it, it it just it's just so dangerous because you wouldn't even know that. You exactly, know, that and normally what happens is when you're sleeping, that's when it uh, normally. The reason is uh, carbon monoxide. It I, normally I think it results from incomplete combustion, and also like if you have closed uh, house where you don't have proper ventilation over a period of time, the uh, uh, the carbon monoxide uh, concentration in air increases especially in cold uh, day uh, in cold uh, exactly uh, in, in cold countries people. like uk yes. uh, every every you know everyone closes shuts their doors exactly. and windows and, uh, especially when sleeping too and nowadays with energy prices going up uh, to conserve the heat the the people would be doing that even more so yeah it's a very very enclosed space and uh, it's very dangerous with carbon monoxide in that exactly way. so you you need to have those so so i mean uh, these are all the things that you can uh, do to detect the uh, type of hazard i mean carbon monoxide remember it's not coming from fire itself but it's still a hazard to your life it it can come from an incomplete combustion and that's why it, it it can come from a gas leak as well so that's why they are always placed near a fire appliance and another uh, sort of relevant point is that gas, uh, actually the gas that we use for cooking, that's also naturally is odorless, yes. but they put that smell in there. So you, you know, as, as humans, we can detect or identify if there is a gas leak. True, true. Yeah, so, so that's also a bit of interesting uh, prevention technology or detection technology that, uh, that is there for us. But yeah, it's it's good to be aware of 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 these things so we can detect it better. Yes. Um, Moving right. on to the suppression technologies then. <laughs> yeah, suppression and also um um yeah, I mean suppression kind of also. Uh, it, it's not just suppression with um, uh, sort of uh, walls and doors, but also if a fire does happen, what kind of technology do do firefighters use? That's also quite interesting. Um, and yeah, let's let's touch on each of these. So, I mean, obviously we talked about walls, but then sometimes if you are sort of building a house or, you know, landlord or just know about, come across a situation where you have to buy a door, um, you would somehow sometimes realize that there are two types of door. One is fire door and one, one isn't. And fire doors, doors are like much more expensive than normal doors. And you, you think to yourself, it's, it's, it just looks like a door. I and mean, why is it so much expensive? But there's a lot of technology that is actually inside that piece of uh, wood that you think it's a, just a piece of wood, but it isn't. It's actually two layers of wood on two sides. But inside, there is a third layer, which is fire resistant. And um, it, it also gives you time. Like this wood, this door will um, sort of uh, keep, 
the fire, uh, you know, suppressed for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, etc., etc. And because based on that, it is also the prices vary as well. And one of the things to be aware of, especially as not just a technical person, just as a, as a human, that a lot of the times you see fire door keep shut, and a lot of the times we just we just you know, ignore it. But it's absolutely imperative that you follow that because that is there for a reason, because it is a fire door. It is put there as as the whole building was designed. The You know, when an engineer designs, an engineer or an architect designs the whole layout of the building, they, they actually plan that, okay, all of these points are where a fire can start. And how am I going to put doors and walls to prevent, isolate each of those areas, right? So each of those fire, fire doors are not just randomly put there. They are put there by design to prevent a certain, you know, source of fire, whatever. So um, a lot of the times I see in offices, as we do, um, you know, fire doors are uh, kept open with a wedge because just because it, it, there is a lot of foot traffic or, you know, but you really absolutely shouldn't be doing that. It's actually, I think it's also by law, you're not supposed to do that anyway. But yeah, I mean, by law as well as for safety, to understand the seriousness of it, it is there by design and not just, you know, it, 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 a lot of people have put a lot of thought into putting that door there to make sure the fire is prevented. So uh, please do follow that whenever you see. And you'll see that these doors usually also come with the auto-close feature. So you don't even have to make sure it's closed. You just don't obstruct it. So Yes, uh, I've seen that. Better. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen that. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned this because now <clears> I realize that in cinemas, in shopping malls, you have these fire, uh, fire exits. And uh, mm -hmm. they are actually for our safety. They are, Normally, they are uh, not, uh, uh, I mean, if you have lifts in the building, and because if, uh, if, uh, if you get caught in fire, lifts are not the place to go. So you better use a staircase. And normally, those fire doors are there for a reason. And they always say, don't obstruct the door because it's a fire. In case there is a fire and in case something is blocked, no one can open the door and no one can then safely escape out. So yeah, I think you raised a very good point, Rina, that uh, uh, yes, uh, they are there for a reason and it's been designed in a way so that they can quickly evacuate people from the building safely yeah as well as also it, it suppresses the fire so the fire can't pass through that door and also it, it blocks the oxygen so these are some of the things that are taken into consideration so because of the door is closed it, the fire inside doesn't get enough oxygen so it kind of calms down in in in, in you know uh, without you know being able to feeding on oxygen so all of these things are taken into account. So uh, yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, that's that's the door, uh, and we talked about other other ways. Uh, there are sprinkler systems that you a lot of you probably would have seen in cinemas uh, because you know in in fire drills they don't usually go through the sprinkler system test. Well, even if you're in an office, you know sometimes you have weekly fire drills or weekly or monthly, and you you see the you know you do the whole routine of going out into the fire assembly point, but the sprinklers are <laughs> very rarely used because you know <laughs> that would be uh, quite uh, quite you know uh, damaging to to put water in, in office space. Uh, but the way they work, in in as we see as we know from cinemas and just literature. Um, that if a fire is detected, the central system goes, uh, you know, signals the sprinklers and the sprinklers uh, 
put down water uh, to sort of uh, suppress the fire. Now, the thing to remember is these sprinkler systems have a separate electricity line. So the smoke detectors and all the detectors and the whole anything to do with fire equipment, they're not connected to the electricity that you use for lights and you, to power your computers or whatever. They have a completely separate isolated line, which are more fire resistant as well. So you, you know, your signals are you know, more likely to, to work uh, in, in case of a fire. So that's also a, a, a separate bit of technology that goes into fire, fire prevention. Um, speaking I didn't of know that, wow, that's yeah. I, I didn't know that that they have a separate electric line because I thought that you have a fuse box, but you're right. I mean, at home normally the smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors are battery operated, so you just change the battery um, yeah. and it it dies or it's about to die, and and normally it uh, creates it creates a small beep, so you know that the battery is dying. And yeah. uh, in the in my house we have a uh, like a fuse box and that fuse box what it does is suppose there is a like an electric short circuit or there is an extra voltage going through the uh, circuit it automatically uh, trips it so the electricity is stopped but i'm not sure what happens if a fire is i mean a fire happens what happens to the electricity because then it can cause even more damage right so does it automatically yeah. turn off or what happens uh, so, Yarina, what happens uh, when um, a fire uh, occurs and you have the electric fuse box? Does it automatically so, get turned off? So that is depending on the, the, you know, what kind of technology is implemented on that particular house. But I'm talking about this this separate electric line. I'm talking about with the one that I know from experience is in on commercial commercial spaces. Commercial spaces, okay. and you could, you could potentially see those are usually red colored wires. So those are separate, and the okay. their wire color is usually red. Um, so why, that, why is that? Uh, and how how do they maintain electricity in case of a fire? So that's is you know maintaining electricity is not very important. It's actually better to turn off electricity because, as you said, the sparks could. But you still want the sprinklers to work and all the detection systems to work. So that's why you just want a separate escal uh, uh, you know like a um separate um, skeleton of of uh, just the necessary bit which would work um at, in the event of a fire so that's what that's what it is it's not um it's it, it's a, there, it, you know for a feedback system to work the detectors would feedback yeah. central system and then central system has to do something about it it's not just the sprinklers that's something we see but the the HVAC system, the ventilator, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, all of these systems in big commercial buildings, all of these things are controlled and they react in certain ways. Uh, for example, they stopped bringing in more oxygen and, you know, uh, there are various things, preventative measures based on, based on the building and the designer, uh, they do. And so those responses needs to needs to happen and for for them to happen you need electricity so that's why there is a separate one to to facilitate this this kind of situation i can imagine because uh, see imagine if the uh, yeah if uh, i mean this is, there are sensors that detect there is a fire it sends to the control system the control system then has to send a signal to the hydrant system to trigger the sprinkler but maybe what happens is that the signal goes and then it stops or maybe they stop the electricity after that because the system is activated and then you can mm -hmm. just uh, release the water based on water pressure. I don't know how it works. 
That could be a series of, uh, you know, the, the pioneer decides what would be the best course of action in that particular, for that particular building. Uh, so that, what you just said, that could be a common course of action that is yes. taken. Depending on, you know, some buildings are half underground, half overground. There could be so many designs of buildings. So based on that, uh, the fire engineers take different course of action with different priority and also based on which part of the building the, the fire is. So, yeah, um, another point when we're talking about fire drills is the fire assembly point. This is not necessarily a technical point, but I, you know, I would use this opportunity to tell the audience, just think about it. If you don't, if you decide that you have a very important meeting with a broad, you know, in a different time zone and then the fire drill is happening and you decide not to go, what happens in a fire drill or in, a, in the event of an actual fire? The fire marshal would count, you know, they would see the log of everyone who entered the building at the, at the, at the time of entering a commercial space. You know, in an office, you sort of punch in your uh, sort of badge, etc. So they have a record of everyone who is inside the building. Um, if, if not, you know, uh, by all the minute details, but the name or at least a count of people that this many people inside the building, everyone has to meet at the fire assembly point. I just want I just want to invite you guys to imagine the scenario. And this happened in real life, actually more than one time uh, that someone decided that they're not going to come out because the fire is far away in uh, other corner of the building. But because of that, the fire marshal couldn't get a count and they realized that, uh, you know, someone is inside. And then firefighters went looking for him, took more risk because of it and, you know, gave their lives. And now you think about another even worse scenario is that you thought that, OK, this is a nice break. I want to go for a coffee in Starbucks rather than in, then come to assembly point later. So you're having a Starbucks while the fire marshal couldn't find you and because of that firefighters went looking for you inside the fire and then lost their lives and this happened actually in real life so um i genuinely urge you and uh, you know uh, to to follow these guidelines because they are there for a reason after a lot of thoughts and a lot of planning a lot of sort of data collection these things are implemented and they are they do work i mean if you go decade by decade you know the number of fires events how they are suppressed, number of people harmed, you will see a clear uh, relevance in terms of how they were reduced. So they do work. It's, it, they're not for just um, control to control you. Wow, that is that is actually scary. And I've been to fire assembly points and, I, and it's, I mean, yes, in a fire drill, it's fine because, but it's also the loss of time because see, so many people are now blocked. They cannot enter the building till they actually figure out what happened to the actual count. And they it's also to make sure that you remember what needs to be done in case there is an emergency. So it's actually basically, it's, it's like training the herd. <laughs> You're training the herd to know where to go in case of an emergency. Like how do you open the door? How, where is the staircase? How do you exit the building? Where is the fire assembly point, etc. So yeah, I think Renat, you've raised a, a very crucial point. Like people don't, people take it very lightly, but it should not be. There are rules and guidelines for your protection and for others protection as well. And firefighters, they risk a lot of their lives and they don't even know you and they're risking their lives for you. That's a yep. huge, huge uh, uh, shout out to all the firefighters in the world that you guys do a, a amazing job. And yes, there are some people who are selfish, 
but uh, there are many others who care about their safety and uh, yeah we know that you're fighting for their lives absolutely wholeheartedly second you amit on this yeah they are they are doing god's work and it's about um right so yeah so we've talked about prevention suppression detection all, all no but there is one more system that i think you have missed and that is a fire extinguisher ah yes yes so um yeah i mean uh, uh, you know if you have uh, you know knowledge on that but the 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 basic knowledge that i have is that just be careful to use to identify what kind of fire extinguisher you're using for what kind of fire so yes. electric fire needs a different kind of extinguishing than wood fire for example and also you have different kind of extinguisher water or carbon monoxide is probably yes. an extinguisher as well yeah and then you know there are different materials that are inside them and depending on different kinds of fire so be mindful of that it's always you don't have to memorize it it's always written in the in the cylinder so you can just read it i know it's a panicky situation but you know still it would it would make the situation a lot worse if you didn't take that 10 seconds yes, to read yes absolutely <laughs> and i think uh, i have a i have a fire extinguisher thanks to my previous owner and he left the fire extinguisher in our house so i know that it's a gas extinguisher uh, and and as renath mentioned you have to be very careful of what kind of extinguisher you use for what kind of fire because suppose you use something to extinguish an uh, extinguish an electric fire it can actually cause <laughs> the current through uh, to pass through your body it can be a conductor or, or whatever and there could be many other hazards it can actually uh, uh, create the uh, make the fire even more worse so you have to be very careful about all these things and absolutely the, yeah example is water using water in electric electric water is a conductor you just die straight away <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i mean we are laughing but i think, yeah, I think you truth. get the point i think you i, th- I think the audience get the point that uh yes you should use the right kind of material uh for the right kind of fire i mean there is no right kind of fire but the type of fire um and then uh it's important to have an extinguisher because sometimes i i think that okay i i i have a i was i was a son uh, my wife is there we three are there in the house in case a fire happens what do we do do we evacuate the house no but there are so many of our memories our belongings in the house so we don't want to just abandon the house and just run away for our safety i mean i would make sure that my wife and my son they are safe before i rescue anything else but then i would come back and try to extinguish the fire and in order for me to extinguish the fire i need something either i need sand i need water or i need an extinguisher and if you don't have that then that's a big problem and suppose you're using water how would you use a water <laughs> you need a pipe you need a hose you need some kind of system you cannot just take a like a small glass and then go put out the fire <laughs> that will not extinguish it right so uh-huh. you need lots a big volume of water and and that has to be triggered by the water pressure there should not be any electricity that's supplying the water and then you yeah. have the extinguisher that is, then you need to know how to use the extinguisher and is it heavy have you ever turned it on and what happens if it if it gets empty so etc there is actually uh, a test that's done to make sure that the fire extinguisher is safe to use uh, it has to be done yearly so that um, the ext-
you have a fire extinguisher in your house but uh, you need to make sure that they are regularly checked because if they are operational or not because suppose if it's a gas uh, extinguisher gas over a period of time might settle down it might become heavy there might be a leak it might exit so even though you think that okay you have a fire extinguisher but it may not be working at the time that you actually need it so you need to make sure that it's actually checked yearly and i think all these regulations they are there for a reason because people forget and these are reminders like okay don't forget get it checked so that in case of an emergency you can save your life you can save your house you can save your belongings so so your fire extinguisher is one and normally some people they also have a sand pit so you have some sand lying around in the house and you can just uh, use a shovel and you can extinguish the fire especially in the garden it's actually quite helpful like suppose there is a garden fire you can quickly i mean you have a water hose but in case you have sand you can quickly put it over the fire and then you can extinguish it so yeah those are certain things that you need to be very careful about and these are the suppressing things the other suppressant is normally metals so normally most of the uh wherever there is a fire involved normally people use metal because metal will not burn down as quickly as wood it will get hot but to reach the melting point it requires a very high amount of heat and by the time someone would figure out and they would try to extinguish the fire so yeah so i mean metals are normally are also they can get very hot but they will not burn down so that's a that's a good way especially when you are outside and you want to light up a fire then it's better to use a metal thing rather than some plastic or wood or any anything cheap so that's why most of the barbecues are all metal and the other uh, sub, uh, other suppressant is of uh, water hydrant which is there on the road so suppose there is a fire in any building so there is always a fire hydrant a water hydrant sorry that uh, has a separate supply that uh, that uh, firefighters use in case there is a fire in any building so i think those are uh, kind of I I don't usually see them in UK. In UK we? you don't, but then I think in America and I think UK you I I think I've seen them in uh, the cities, the central central, mm-hmm. area, but not like not like where we live. Yes, because it's far open here, so yeah. so it's much safer. But in cities, yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, I've I've seen it in cities. Yes, and and uh, for our uh, friends from the across the ocean, uh, absolutely do not park next to a water hydrant is against the law anyway, and it absolutely you know it makes the life of a firefighter really difficult if they don't have place to park when it's an event of a fire, and also to have access to the water that they need to to fight the fire. So yeah, uh, please please do follow the local rules. No. I I think yeah I think I think we have covered everything one last thing is uh I would advise everyone to turn off the switches in their house if you are not using any electrical appliance that's uh, one of the uh, safest thing that you can do uh, because normally what happens is when you go to sleep and if there is a short circuit then it can cause start a fire when you while you're sleeping so it's always advisable to turn off all electrical switches when you're asleep especially in the night most people don't have a habit but it's actually a good habit to turn turn them off absolutely i want to also add something that is uh, a common mistake uh, or, or or that that people can make in households uh, while you're cooking if your oil catches on fire do not put water to suppress that fire it would then it would actually go uncontrollable and you yes. know spread everywhere so um if oil catches on fire 
use a, a fire extinguisher which is designed to, for that or do anything else but do not put uh, water in there it just it just completely spreads the fire everywhere and that would actually cause a you know, cause an accident rather than maybe just doing nothing would have probably been better um so yeah that's 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 a common scenario but not a lot of people knows it um the best thing to do as far as i know is just put the lid on 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 the pan that you're cooking so if it's a fry pan or whatever pot uh, if the oil catches on fire, there is a lid, put the lid. Even if there isn't a lid, whatever lid is, um, you know, larger than the, than the than the pot, put that. It would just, you know, um, start the fire with lack of oxygen and it would come back to control. That is the best thing I can, I, uh, I know what to do. Uh, I know to do, but yeah, there might be even better ideas from others. That is a very good tip, Rinath, because I would have never thought about that because you're right. Whenever there is water in the pan and you try to put oil, the oil splits, it splats all over. So if you try to put water, it would do the same thing. Um, So yeah, you're absolutely right that never use water. So you need to know what kind of fire it is before you know what kind of extinguisher you need to use to extinguish the fire. Absolutely. I mean, we we started, uh, you know, talking about fire control today to talk, you know, give you understanding of fire tech. Uh, but I think a lot of it has been just uh, precautionary and what not to do and, uh, you know, cautionary tales from us, but they are still important. Uh, but we did talk about various technologies that are behind it. Uh, hopefully you guys found it interesting, but also would would kind of uh, be more aware on how to be fire safe. Absolutely. And thank you so much again, Renat, for uh, recommending this topic. I think your experience speaks and um, we we have, uh, I mean, I have learned a lot today uh, from those things because, yeah, I would have never thought of uh, small things, uh, small details that you've mentioned. And those are quite, quite important to know, especially when you are living in a house and in case some em- an emergency is far away, you need to be able to figure out what you need to do before the emergency arrives. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, uh, audience would um, be, uh, you know, uh, be helped by by this. And uh, I hope you guys would keep coming back to our next episodes. Uh, we are um, a lot more regular now, so hopefully, you guys are tuning in regularly. And also, do reach out to us. Do reach out to us in, um, you know, if you have any questions, feedback, or if you'd like to join us as a guest. So, uh, yeah, our details are in every platform, wherever you're listening or watching us. So, yeah, thank you again for uh, listening today and hope to see you guys again next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone, and see you next week. Bye.